Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and this week I'm joined by Alec, former scooper turned owner of Betty Ray's. Alec took over Betty Ray's at just 23 during a rocky time in the shop's history. Here to talk all about what it's like going from coworker to boss is Alec. Casey's Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Super excited to have you on. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Betty Ray's, and it was so fun to get to meet you in person. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and just kind of give a little background on yourself. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I've tried to be decently private this whole thing. So interactions are good and I get to share a little bit about myself in the shops and my desire for the shop. So thank you. So I graduated, I'm from Kansas City originally, went to Mizzou for a semester, came to UMKC and spent a year in England studying abroad and doing missions work there actually. Came back to UMKC and graduated in 2020. After I graduated, I started working at H&R Block. Um, I was scooping at Betty Ray's ice cream for a couple years during that time and really fell in love with the shops then and um, established my role at Betty Ray's, but also my role as a, a person in Kansas City. And it was a really nice time to grow and learn a lot about myself and a lot about my future. When you were working at Betty Ray's, what was it about the shop that you loved so much? I've always loved serving people. I've never been in a customer service setting uh, prior to my job at Betty Ray's. So getting to serve somebody and give them a product, uh, a tangible item with the service was really neat for me. I've always loved doing volunteer service. So there's a lot of intangible communication or service in settings like that. So being able to serve somebody a Sunday or a couple scoops and have them seeing receiving so much joy just from that was different than anything I'd ever experienced. And so there was that aspect to it, but it was also the opportunity I got to meet awesome coworkers and really create a community at Betty Ray's, which is something that I fell in love with immediately. I know when I started scooping at Betty Ray's, I didn't expect to stay there for longer than a summer or maybe a year, but I, yeah, I quickly fell in love with it and fell in love with the people and fell in love with the community. So we got the chance to serve. And Betty Ray's is such a staple in Kansas City. And, you know, in the last few years, opening the River Market location, people love Betty Ray's. They are very dedicated. You know, you and I talked about this when we met. It doesn't matter the weather. I have seen there be a rainstorm and people will stand in line waiting for Betty Ray's. Uh, you've partnered with Joe's KC and done the barbecue flavored ice cream, you know, having these fun, funky flavors, but also the classics of chocolate and vanilla and then cinnamon and, and other flavors. But people are really dedicated to this ice cream, which I think not only speaks to the product you're putting out there and the quality and the flavors, but also the staff and the friendly faces that people get to see and the family-friendly environment as well. It services so many different kinds of people and a wide variety of people. And I think that's what's fun about ice cream and it being an ice cream shop is that anyone who loves ice cream can come and find a flavor that they enjoy, whether they're a little more advanced or more on the tame side. So that community you're talking about is exactly what I think Betty Ray's has created in Kansas City. Yeah, and we don't take that for granted. Especially, I mean, I came into this, I had just turned 23 three weeks before I signed papers to own a business and not just any business, but a business that had been established. And so I think there was a weight that I felt on my shoulders to maintain the level of excellence that Betty Ray's had always been known before 2020. And so coming into that, 
I didn't know what to expect because the last few months before taking over had been different than we'd ever experienced. And I was hoping that we'd see lines again and get to experience customers like we used to. But honestly, I did not expect what I've seen the last two years. It's the busiest two years of shops I've ever had, which again is a huge blessing and I don't take it for granted. And the only reason we're able to do this is because of the awesome staff that is at the shops currently. And that's the one thing I've really tried to focus on is our service the last two years. Being a servant-hearted person, I... I wanted that to be our goal and mission moving forward. And um, yes, we have great product. And yes, we have an awesome environment. And it all started with David and Mary's creation. Without them, this wouldn't exist. And people probably wouldn't love Betty Ray's as much as they do if it weren't for their vision. But being an ice cream shop, I want people to come in and feel invited and feel welcome and feel like it's their fifth time in there, even if it's just their first. I want them to feel like it's home without being too dramatic at it's an ice cream shop at the end of the day, but I do. I want that uh, homey feeling when they come in. And a lot of that is the, the face you see when you walk in. So the main goal of mine is really just to be the best we can be every day. And it's a cliche, but I feel like if we are truly striving um, to do the best we can in small things, whether it's serving the customer or, you know, big tasks that you get given to you by another manager, if we if we really do our best in those daily activities and the outcome will be tremendous and you know it's been two years of learning for me it's been two years of learning for the management team that i brought on and the staff and so hopefully the next couple of years it you know continues to get better and speaking of the time that you took over betty ray's obviously was a little turbulent david and mary had been making the news for some things going on so what was that period like when you officially took over betty ray's as the new owner so 2020 was obviously a crazy year for everyone. So we came into 2020, we were excited for the new year. We had had one full year at River Market being open of 2019. And so I think David and Mary were expecting an awesome year for the shops, um, expecting a super busy year for the shops. And we're excited to see what River Market could do with another full year under its belt. Well, COVID came and things got just weird for, I mean, again, for everyone, and especially for any small business in Kansas City and around the world, you know, you suddenly couldn't have people stand in line, which is like the thing that we love and are known for. It was no longer there. Um, so we had to move to online ordering. And so that was the first piece. And then obviously, um, David went through a, a mental health crisis, I think is the best term for it. I don't want to be dramatic, but I also don't want to take it lightly because that's what it was. And a lot of people at the time didn't know what it was ha what was happening or how to translate what was going on into the reality of what it really was and still to this day there's a lot of people that don't know the truth of what happened and all this information is out there for people to read i think the pitch did a part one and part two interview which was awesome for them to follow up and get the real facts of the story from david and mary's side because i think a lot of it was which we are all victim of and we all do we it's hearsay and the second interview was a really good way for david to come forward and speak about what was happening but also have his wife who got to experience that alongside him and really saw and went through a lot get to share her part of what she experienced too. And she was really honest in that, which I think is amazing. It could have been really easy for them to come in and um, push off the interview and just get what they needed to out there and move on. But they were really honest and vulnerable, which was awesome. That's one thing people appreciate, as you said about the pitch article as well, but people appreciate when business owners are upfront and honest and in the small business community, even with this podcast, the idea of getting to know business owners and feel like, you know, are supporting your friend and that these people become your friends and your family and the community behind small business, being able to understand what was going on and realizing they needed to take a step back. And I think that article was a great way for them themselves to 
talk of what was going on, be able to uh, handle the narrative. It's hard when you feel your own narrative has been uh, taken over by someone else. So for you, when you started working at Betty Ray's, you know, you were working at H&R Block. Did you ever imagine you would maybe not necessarily own Betty Ray's, but become a business owner? Yeah, it's really funny. So I worked at the Rainier Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation during my years of college at UMKC. And the director of the Rainier would always come in and ask how scooping was going and kind of making a joke of it. But I knew his heart behind it wasn't mean spirited. And he would always ask, are you going to scoop ice cream for the rest of your life? Or what is the plan for after school? And at the time, we were making great tips. And I was like, hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if I was scooping ice cream for the rest of my life. I think it could be a pretty fun job. You know, taking his joke and seeing the reality of what it is today is kind of funny. But I always had the desire to own a business at some point in my life. I was pretty strategic with my degrees at UMKC because I thought they would aid in that. So I studied entrepreneurship, accounting, and finance. So you get the entrepreneurial mindset. It's hard to learn a lot about entrepreneurship in college. But it's, it is learning a mindset of being an entrepreneur and willing to take risk and how to take risk wisely. Um, and then I had the accounting and finance background. So no, I did not expect that to happen six months after graduating college, but I did have a desire and hope that it would happen within 20 to 30 years of that. Taking over an ice cream shop, you know, what were some of the things that you had to learn and some of the hurdles you had to jump that you might not have anticipated? Well, I think coming out of what we did, being Betty Ray specific and knowing what happened in 2020 and it being so public, I think there's a lot of trust that had to be gained back from the public and the communities we're in, which is fair because at that time, a lot of them still didn't know what happened and that second article had not come out with the pitch. And so I get that. So gaining back the trust of the community was the number one thing because without customers, the business is non-existent. The second, I mean, when I took over the shops, we were down to two employees at that time. And I want to jump back so I don't miss this. My experience in 2020 at Betty Race was different than a lot of the staff who relied on that business to full income. I had just graduated. I was a college student for part of it. And then I had just graduated college and had a salary and had benefits. And I know that that time was really hard for David and Mary especially, but really hard for the full-time employees and management that relied on that as an income. They, were, they had so many uncertainties overnight. I mean, literally overnight that they had no idea. And then throw COVID on top of it and the industry that they're used to is gone now and they can't find jobs. So I think, I, I just don't want to not bring that up because I think it's important to recognize what they went through too. So bringing back the staff was difficult because a lot of them had been or felt burned by Betty Ray's, which is totally understandable. And thankfully I knew people and they knew me. So I had already signed the papers on the shops and I realized I did not have a kitchen staff or anybody to make the ice cream. And so there's like an oh crap moment. And I was thinking, what am I going to do now if no one wants to come back and I just bought this business that can't produce a product that we have, have to open? So I called the previous kitchen manager. I had worked with her for three years before I took over the shops and she had just started a new job. She loved it. And I mean, I remember this day like it was yesterday and she told me, she's like, I'm not to think about it. You know, I went through a lot and it was difficult and I totally understood. She called me back two days later and said that she would do it. And I, like my heart dropped and I knew that from this moment on, we could gain back the reps to the kitchen staff because Kirby's coming alongside me. And um, I worked with a lot of front of house staff for three years before that. So I knew who would be an awesome asset as we reopened the shop in that position. So I think the people side is really stressful, but also 
the stress of opening and owning business at 23, fresh 23. There's a lot you don't know as an adult opening a business at all. But whenever you're coming off of four or five internships and scooping ice cream for two years, there's a lot you don't know. So I had to become okay with failing and be okay with not knowing things and willing to ask for help. Because pre prior to this, I it was really hard for me to ask people for help. And whenever you literally have no idea what to do, and whenever 55 plus people are relying on you to know what to do, you have to ask people for help if you don't know what to do. And the failure is a lot more detrimental to a lot more people. So I think willing to overcome my pride and ask people for help and being okay with failing was, was and still is one of the hardest things um, for me personally. And But it's been an awesome opportunity for me to learn and grow myself as well. And it's been a different perspective for the staff that came back, but also the new hires who had no idea what Bayer is about. And working for a business that was owned by a 23, now 25-year-old, I'm sure that that's a strange feeling. I don't know. I've never asked them. But I would imagine if I were going into their position, it would feel weird. So the tr I just appreciate the trust that they have in the management team and Betty Ray's to function and be in the awesome business that it always has been. What are some other just day-to-day -day struggles you face being a business owner? For me personally, a lot of it is being okay with the fact that I'm not the creative. And I think it's different when you buy a business rather than owning a business. And I had the rare and strange opportunity to know the owners for three years before I purchased their business. And um, so part of me wants to keep their vision for Betty Ray's and honor them in that. And the other part of me wants to make Betty Ray's our own, like my own, the management team's own moving forward. And so that's been hard trying to find the balance between the two. And acknowledging the fact that you have a lot of weaknesses that are detrimental to the progression of the shops. I, I don't like social media. I am not like some crazy foodie creative. I don't, I don't know flavor profiling. So I really rely on an awesome team to do that for me. And they have stepped up tremendously the last two years and have really been able to take on a lot of responsibility that they otherwise couldn't or wouldn't have in another position. Another personal life, this whole position has been really awkward for me, especially being young. So trying to break into communities of other business owners has been strange because a lot of them are 35 to 70 years old. I've always related with older people, but whenever someone owns a business, you kind of get nervous with them and it just feels weird because you hold them up to a higher level than you do other people for some reason. So I think that's been tough for me because I, a lot of these people that I've looked up to being a business student, I now have the opportunity in some realms to be around them. And so I've tried to take that as a learning experience and not try to act like I know all this stuff because I don't and I can't even fake it. So there's been some relief not being able to fake what I don't know. I mean, I, I just can't and I don't care to. Um, so that's a lot of stress that's taken off my shoulders. And But being able to tap into that community has been a, a bit difficult for me to overcome as an individual. With COVID and hiring, we've been super fortunate with our employment levels. I really have not had any crazy unemployment issues. We have always had people applying, even in the dead of winter. I, so we've been really fortunate there. I think along with all other small businesses, inflation is huge. And when you don't want to hurt the customer by raising prices on something that should be accessible to everyone, like ice cream should be, but you also have to pay bills and you have to pay a staff and you want to treat them well, it's it's hard. Which one do you choose? And it's hard to choose both um, in a proper way. So that's been another business struggle, I think. I've been trying to see the long term on that. I'd rather take some hit in the short term and keep our customers um, and allow them the opportunity to continue to come in and enjoy something that they should be able to 
um, in, in the short term for hopefully their long-term commitment to Betty Ray's. Looking into the long term and in the future, where do you see the future of Betty Race? Is that more locations or expanding outside of Kansas City? What do you see in the future for Betty Race? When I came in, I always viewed myself as more of a steward of the shops and not somebody who is here to make it the next Ben and Jerry's. That doesn't mean that I don't want to open up locations because I do. And that's more so the staff has the opportunity to grow professionally, but also so I can bless them further financially and increase their wages because I want people here for the long term. And I think that's something you don't see in the service industry often is people staying at a place for 10 plus years, like an ice cream shop. And I've been fortunate enough to work with some of these people for almost six years now, which is huge. And my management team has been here since the beginning almost. And that's also an awesome thing that I don't want to take advantage of. So the shops, I desire growth for the staff's sake, and so more people can enjoy Betty Ray's. And okay. I, d- I want other communities to experience what it is that we're offering and what we're growing into offering as well, and not just ice cream, but an experience of really awesome service and a small business that gives back to the communities that they're involved in. And that's the other part. The more communities we're involved in, the more we can give back to the places that we're in as well. I think one thing that makes you a great owner and you know, in your position is recognizing where your strengths and weaknesses are and being able to say, there are times that I have to lean on my staff more in situation A versus, okay, this is something I am really confident and I'm able to do for situation B, I think is great, especially in the small business realm and for the longevity of a business as a business owner to be able to be confident in the team and the people you've surrounded yourself with knowing that they're able to help you in different scenarios and just knowing that you're a team and as a team, you can work and communicate together to be successful and to continue your success. Because I think it can be hard as a business owner when you're you're responsible for so many things and you want everything to go perfectly, but knowing that you can't take that on all yourself and being able to rely on others to help you get to that point. Yeah, and it has not been like that the last all the last year. So I don't want to make it seem like I've been perfect this whole time because every day is a, a different thing I'm learning. But a lot of it is delegating to people that know their role the best. And for me, transitioning from a scooper and three months later to owner, I was holding on to a lot of small tasks and um, responsibilities that I used to have, and I it took a year and a half to like snap out of that and realize that I can't do everything perfectly if I'm trying to do everything. And so just trusting the awesome team that I do have to take on those responsibilities and roles and grow them even further than I could ever, let alone if I'm trying to do all these things. So it's been neat to see things that we used to struggle with last year or two years ago or four years ago. Now we're not even a problem or concern at all because we've delegated to the right people and they've taken it on and excelled in awesome ways. When you are able to put work aside, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? I love running. That's like my big passion outside of work. And I'd love for Betty Ray's and running to somehow collaborate. I don't know what that looks like yet. If it's a a run from one shop to the next or what that would be. But yeah, in my free time, I, I love running. I love truly spending time with my family because life has been so busy the last two years, I have had to put personal things to the side and really haven't had time to spend days or weekends with friends or family. And so I've been trying the last five months to really invest in that a bit more. And I've found a lot of energy coming from that. I feel more rejuvenated and energetic when I am being refilled by 
family and friends. So that's been something that's been consuming more of my time or more time spent towards that. And I do love traveling when I get the chance to. But again, the last two years have been a little different for that. But yeah, I do have a heart for other countries and nations and just learning a bit about their cultures and seeing ways that I can help and assist them. And that's been the awesome opportunity with Betty Race too, is because we do have a platform to do it. We've been able to partner with organizations around the world that people don't even know about and help advance them further. So that's a, been a neat outcome of my time in other, other places. What organizations have Betty Race partnered with? So a lot in Kansas City, I am going to do a better job about getting this out there and not because I want to pat ourselves on the back, but so people know they're really, when they're supporting us, they're also supporting other local and global organizations. So we give back 10% of our revenue every year in donations, which has, that was one of my goals from the beginning. I remember when I was considering taking over the shops, I was listing like the top three goals or create an awesome place for staff to come. And the other one was to give away 10% of our revenue. And I didn't even know if we'd have revenue to give away at that time. Uh, but now that we do, and now that I've seen that it's possible, that's been a really neat thing to be able to do. So Harvesters is a huge one. Boys and Girls Club. A lot of the local schools, especially in the Waldo area, I think is fun to support because a lot of those kids get to come in the shop and eat the ice cream. So supporting their education has been a really neat opportunity too. It's great to know that just because as a customer, it's always really nice when you know that your money not only is going to support a local business and the, the people and the faces you are seeing at the business, but knowing that their money is going back to the community in a different way and supporting organizations that are further bettering uh, the city. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't know that myself. So that's great. Yeah, and again, I'll, I, one of the goals this year is just to make that a bit more known why they people. And I view my staff as community too. And so I love giving them bonuses. And this last year for National Ice Cream Day, all the sales went to them. And that's like fun stuff for me. And that's what I feel like I'm here to do for them. Uh, so I also want people to know that whenever they support Betty Ray's, not only are they helping pay the hourly wages of the staff, but they're also paying towards bonuses and PTO and stuff like that. So that's one of my other goals and desires for Betty Ray's is to not just be an ordinary small business to really try to do more that you would to get more benefits like you would see at a larger corporation is one of the goals. Back to you know your life in Kansas City, what are some of your favorite places to go? So Banksia is my number one. I was just looking at the PL statement for 2022 and it was a line item on my profit and loss statement. So if you're ever wondering where I am in the morning doing work. It's at Banksia getting eggs, bacon, and toast. So I, I love that. I love Banksia. I love Happy Gillis. That's one of my other favorites. I live in the Northeast, and so it's about a seven-minute drive from my house. Um, the Ox Cafe is another one. The Golden Ox has their uh, Monday to Friday cafe just right next door to their restaurant. And I think they're open from nine to two. And a lot of people don't know about that spot, but it is quiet and it's quaint and they have excellent food. You get their really good quality for lower prices during the day, which is awesome. Il Lazarone is another one. It's a neighbor of the River Market Shop. I think their pizza is phenomenal. The town company is really good if you're feeling fancy and want to have a nice night out. Kansas City is really fortunate. We have so many good restaurants here. You really can't go wrong. And I, I feel like the city speaks. When a new place comes in, either... They stick around uh, because the city loves them or they find their niche somewhere else. But yeah, we're really fortunate to have really good small businesses in Kansas City. And in the Northeast, there's a place called Los Altos de Jalisco. It's right down the block from my house. That's another favorite. I get a burrito probably twice a week there. So that's another good small spot. Looking at Kansas City, if there was anything you could change, what would that be? 
I'd love for mountains to be in Kansas City if that's an answer. But as far as I think Kansas City is growing and there's like really awesome stuff about that, but there's also pains to that. Like public transport transportation, I think is something for a long time we've really struggled with. And not only does it make it easier for people to get around clearly, but it also helps with traffic flow, it helps with the environment. So I think that's the number one thing that I really struggle with in the city. And But I say that, and now we have bike lanes in a lot of places. Even last year, they've put a lot of bike lanes in, in areas that we've never had them before. So that's huge to have just that barrier security. There a lot of people ride their bikes, but when you don't have that bike lane, it, it just feels a little bit less secure. So they've provided that. And the extension of the streetcar is going to be an awesome benefit as well. I think one thing that's really difficult, though, about Kansas City is how early places close and the selective days that they're open in the week. If you try to go somewhere on a Monday at 10 p.m., you're out of luck. Um, so you'll end up ordering you know, Papa John's or something. But that's the other one. It's just having some restaurants that are open a bit later. The lack of late night food, but some people enjoy eating later. I do feel like in Kansas City, eating dinner at six o'clock is really common and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are times where I want to eat dinner at 8.30 and stay late and not feel like the restaurant is cleaning up around me while I'm still eating or feel like I'm inconveniencing a staff by keeping them there as the only table. I do wish there were places that were open later. And I don't know how to get restaurants to start doing that because I think that is a complaint of many, many people in the city. So I don't know if restaurants need to start testing it and see if they open later. People do come and stay and can give business, but we need to figure that out because that is a very real thing in the city. Things close very early and yeah, are not open on Mondays, which is a little frustrating. It is, and some extended hours at coffee shops, too, would be awesome all days of the week, because I sometimes want a coffee at 10 or 11, and no one has it. But I get it, and I it's important for people to rest, so I don't want people to hear this and think that we don't get what they're going through. Um, but in a perfect world of Kansas City, we'd have more restaurants to pick from on a Monday. Going back to Betty Ray's, are there any flavors you are currently working on that you would want listeners to know about? We have some exciting new non-dairy flavors coming out. We've been trying to tap into that a bit more because there are a lot more non-dairy people in general. Um, we want to offer something that's different than just like the chocolate or vanilla that we've always done in a sorbet. So we have one seasonal rotator that's non-dairy now. It's typically gluten-free as well. So we'll be doing a lemon coconut in February. We'll also be bringing back the mascarpone and chocolate flakes, but we're doing espresso chocolate flakes this time, which is a bit of a switch up. It's really delicious. We made it by accident one time and it turned out to be phenomenal. So we're, we're adding that to the menu again, but with a little bit of a twist. We'll keep around the chief's cake for a bit just to show our support and love for the team. Do you have so much fun getting to taste different ice cream concepts and being able to be part of creative meetings coming up with new flavors? It is very fun, especially not being a food person. It's fun to be in the meetings and pitch out things you've always wanted just as like a normal person. <laughs> um, like banana bread is one of my favorite food items ever. So doing the banana bread ice cream, which we had in January, is one of you know my favorite things. And that is a fun thing to be able to be a part of, but also see the outcome of it. So yeah, and it's fun to be able to see the staff use their creative gifts and skills and give them tasks that are new to them and see them really excel in them. So that's the other part that's food related, but not food related. Um, and it's fun. 
other than the banana bread flavor, do you have any other Betty Ray's ice cream flavors that are your favorite? The Joe's Burn-Ins barbecue is my favorite flavor of all time, but it's a rotator. So the goat cheese apricot and candy walnut is my go-to. It's not too sweet. You get some fruit in there. makes you feel a bit healthy. Um, and it, it's kind of like a charcuterie board in, in a scoop. So that's my favorite flavor of all time. And I remember when I first started at Betty Ray's, I did not like goat cheese at all. And I sampled the flavor and I was a little iffy. And this was on my first shift. And I sampled it again later in the shift. And I was like, oh my God, this is really good. So I took a pint home that night and ate the entire thing. And that's not like me at all. I would never like a scoop of ice cream sometimes too much. But I, I smashed the entire pint. We've also done a red wine and dark chocolate chunk ice cream for private events before. And that is a really, really good ice cream. We don't cook the wine out when it's for a private event. And you start to feel the benefits of the alcohol in there occasionally if you have one too many scoops. So that's a, that's a fun ice cream. I would, I would be totally on board. That's a great segue because in 2023, we have brought back our boozy shakes. We'll have four all-time stationary boozy shakes, and then we'll do build your own float and things like that. And then we're looking to bring in bartenders of the season or bartenders of the month to make their own concoction and kind of mock, you know, or cocktail, but a busy shake. We're excited to be bringing those back and we even got little tiki classes to drink them in. So it's kind of fun. That's a great thing to, uh, to look forward to. One of my favorite flavors from Betty Ray's is the cereal milk. And anytime I've taken someone who either hasn't been to Betty Ray's before, or it's it's always a place I take out of town guests. It's kind of like a must have stop in Kansas City, especially being so close to the Waldo location. But that's always my number one go-to flavor. Being a scooper for three years, I got to see and experience a lot of customers and their interaction with the ice cream. And so many people would taste the flavor and say, that's the best ice cream I've ever tasted, but I have to go with jasmine green tea, which is my all-time favorite. And it's like, really? Over the seasonal one that you might never have again? But it, it's just a testament to people's comfort with certain foods and what brings them the most joy when they're eating a scoop. It's it's really neat, actually. And it is one of the reasons we have so many permanent flavors, because there's some flavors that aren't super popular, like matcha or jasmine green tea. But for people that like it, they love it. And we want to keep it there for them. And it's just a fun, adventurous flavor for people to try. But it is a tough call every time for people. It's always a tough decision, which is why sometimes it takes a bit longer in line than other times. As we said, the lines do get long. I think some people forget you offer pints to go and ice cream sandwiches. So in those freezers in the shops, what other products are you offering? Yeah, and that's a great comment and good feedback for me because this last year was so busy. It was hard for us to keep up a fully stocked freezer and not have to pint stuff by hand in the line, which we're always happy to do but it just takes a bit longer for everybody. It takes longer for the customer, but also everybody behind them. So in those freezers, we do stock our ice cream sandwiches and we stock our pints. And typically we'll have every flavor in the pint freezer, but if there's something you don't see and you would like a pint or quart of it, folks up front are always happy to make that for you. And a hack that some people don't know about is you can split your pint or quart and get a couple flavors in one. So if you want, you know, like chocolate and vanilla, if you're just a classic person, or coffee and cereal milk and you want breakfast, it's a, a good way to get two double scoops in, in one pint. But yeah, we do sell pints and sandwiches up front. And this year we're bringing in a full-time pinter just so we can be a bit better about keeping that pint freezer fully stocked at all times. 
for people who aren't already following Betty Ray's on social media, where can people find Betty Ray's and keep up with all the latest news? Yeah, so you can find our new flavors, any updates we might have, staff highlights. Our Instagram is at Betty Ray's, and that's R-A-E-S. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Betty Ray's Ice Cream. And then our website, BettyRays.com, has all of our updated flavors that are seasonal, all of our uh, rotating dairy-free flavors, and all of our staple flavors as well. And you can also submit your online orders there. If you have an order you want to pick up or a bulk order for a future date, you can submit your order online. Alec, thank you so much for being here and for just sharing your story of ownership and struggles that you go through. As I've made it very clear, I love Betty Ray's. From a customer standpoint, it's that simple of just being able to have a place to enjoy a simple pleasure in life. And I think that's one of the things I love about you guys. Yeah, I think that's a neat thing about ice cream. It's such a small thing, but what you can do with a small product in general is really neat. I mean, Apple is no longer a small product, but what they've done with something like a cell phone is huge. And it's a part of people's life and the brand that they've created is identities people take on now. But it's neat to see small businesses do the same thing um, with something as simple as coffee or ice cream or pizza. I mean, it's just a testament to the creativity of the owners of any business. But for Betty Ray specifically, David and Mary's creativity, they did a really good job at creating that vibe really specific to each neighborhood. Waldo is in a, a physical neighborhood of, you know, residential neighborhood and it feels homey. It just feels comfy. And River Market is in like a, a touristy area and, and it feels fun and it feels like you're in the city. And um, so the, again, just a huge testament to their ability to have a vision and take it and create something awesome with it. Thank you for having me. And yeah, look forward to this coming new year and uh, what we do moving forward. Be sure to follow Betty Ray's on Instagram for all upcoming exciting news. I'll link their website in the show notes as well. For listeners who are wanting to read the pitches articles on David and Mary, I'll also add those into the show notes for anyone that's interested. Please follow me on Instagram at CaseyBySerry, rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School papa pira papa pora rira 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 rira